Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. Hi friends, welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge, and if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, also welcome. I'm really glad you're all here because it means I'm not sitting here talking to myself. And I have to admit, this is the fourth fucking time I've recorded this. So I'm just going to get right into it because I can't do it all over again. We have a theme for this month and it's healthy edibles. So we're going to be following that theme for this episode and the rest of the ones that come out this month. And if you don't recall, they come out Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's when you can expect them to drop. I'm going to be going over some New Year's resolutions that I've set that you might be interested in. Why make your own edibles? I'm going to cover that over briefly. And a great recipe you can try at home that might be have a little twist that you weren't expecting. So let's get right into it. Why a theme? Well, because if you're like me and you spent the last six weeks of 2019 eating junk food and drinking way too much and eating edibles and whatnot, you probably need to detox a little bit. And that's what I'm doing right now. If you recall from last week's episode, I decided to give myself a tolerance break. I have successfully managed to do that. And then I decided, hey, why don't you do start out this week with a, a three to five day fast? I did that without really thinking that I wouldn't be able to get back into the edibles right away. So I'm recording this as I'm really, really hungry. I've done these fasts before, just so you know. So this isn't a this isn't a new thing for me, but I also find it's a great way to sort of reset in the new year. In any case, I'm counting down the days to when I can eat cashews and some edibles in another day or so. And I don't know why I keep thinking about cashews, but fuck, could I go for a cashew right now? And I'm not sure how I'm gonna break my actually. I'm not sure how I'm gonna break my my edibles tolerance uh, break, but. I don't really care how I do it. I, I will probably end up eating olive oil off the spoon and doing it that way because I'm getting desperate, you guys. I'm getting so desperate. In any case, that's why we're doing this theme, though, because a lot of you out there have probably had some pretty indulgent holidays. And if you're like me, you need to give yourself a little bit of a break. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy your edibles. Edibles can be made into almost anything. There's a recipe out there for everything. You can take all your favorite recipes and make it into an edible. You just have to be mindful of the dosing, of course. Which brings me New Year's Eve resolution for 2020, which is, are you ready for this? Eat more edibles. <laughs> or if you're out there uh, listening, you probably are interested in edibles as well. And I'm sure you'll be wanting to do the same. It's a pretty easy resolution to not fail at, which is one of the reasons why I chose it. I'm not going to disappoint myself. I'm pretty sure I am certainly interested in expanding my horizons and trying out some new things as the new year unfolds. And of course, documenting a lot of it on this podcast. So yeah, that's my New Year's resolution. Eat more damn edibles. 
And partly that's because it's a pushback to the whole new year, new you bullshit that we've been getting and seeing and reading about over and over and over again. And while I do really appreciate what people are trying to say with that, it gets so overused. I'm getting a little tired of it. Maybe you are too. New year, new you. How about new year, same me? That's what I'm aiming for. And I'm pretty confident in my decision. If you have some New Year's resolutions out there, though, that you have set, you're working towards, I do applaud you. There is something great about the flipping over of a fresh calendar page to really get you in that motivated mindset to achieve some new goals. And I certainly have some goals with regards to the podcast. So I'm just personally kind of tired of the New Year, New You bullshit myself. One of the things I wanted to cover, because some people might be wondering, why the hell should I make my own edibles? Why would I do that? It's time, it's energy, I got to learn all this stuff, I got to figure out dosing, which is something that can take also some time. Well, if you've been listening for a while, you know I'm based in Canada. I'm actually not that far from Toronto, Ontario. Edibles are now legal in this country. Woohoo! Now, if you were making your own all this time, they were pretty sure always legal to make your own so you didn't have to worry but a little known fact that I I don't think I was really even aware of until recently was that when you buy commercially prepared edibles there is a max of 10 milligrams of THC per package I'm gonna go silent for just for a second while you think about that 10 milligrams of THC per package so when you're shopping online at a legal dispensary or you're in the dispensary, never mind online or not, but if you're shopping for legal edibles, you're going to be buying something that has 10 milligrams per package, which can make some of these edibles super expensive. Because if you have a tolerance where maybe you're taking 20, 30, 40 more, there's people out there with monster tolerances, it gets really expensive really fast to buy legal edibles. And that constraint, I'm not sure why they would put that constraint on there. I mean, certainly you could eat a whole package of gummy bears and not come anywhere near to overdosing, but you're not going to get anywhere near high either. If you make your own, you control the dose. Here we are taking control of your high life. You can make them as potent as you want. You want a thousand milligram cookie because that's what you're into? Then you can go ahead and do that. There's no constraints on how much you can put in your own edibles. And that's where, of course, learning your tolerance is something that you're going to do over time. Yeah, it is a little more time consuming. But if you're somebody who enjoys being in the kitchen and cooking and puttering around like I do, and like I'm sure a lot of you out there do as well, it makes sense to make your own. You know what you're putting in it. You know how potent they're going to be. Even if you don't have intrinsically a figure on paper, if you make a recipe, you can sort of figure it out and you learn over time and you get better at it. Totally worthwhile. I don't want the government telling me what potency I'm going to have in my edibles. I want to make my own, and I want to enjoy them. That's why you should make your own. It's a worthwhile activity. You're not going to regret it. It'll be fun. You can share them with friends and family, with guidance, of course, because there is certainly some responsibility with sharing edibles with people who are new to them or may not have the same tolerance as you. So certainly there's a responsibility there. You can work outside of the constraints set by whatever governing body or telling commercial makers what they have to uh, abide by. Now, this might be a lot different in whatever jurisdiction you're listening from. The states, the states I would imagine, has requirements far different than what we have up here in the Great White North. And if you're interested, 
send me an email because I did try to do a quick search to see which states had which rules as far as edibles um, potency content or THC content. And it was really convoluted. It wasn't very clear. So if you happen to know off the top of your head, send me an email at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com. I'd be interested to see how it differs from place to place. But that's a big reason to make your own. You know, you don't need nobody telling you what to do. Today's recipe, we're going to look at maybe something you'd never really thought of. Sprouted hummus. Yep, sprouted hummus. Now you can make any old hummus, of course. I have tried this sprouted hummus recipe myself. I didn't create it, I have to admit. I got it from a website that I follow because she makes fantastic recipes. And what I'm doing is taking her recipe and instead of adding the olive oil that the recipe requires, you swap it out for an infused oil. And then you have a lovely sprouted hummus that you can spread on your on pitas or crackers or vegetables fantastic and the flavor of this one is amazing and it's pretty simple to make the only caveat I would give you is that it takes a little bit of advanced planning if you don't mind the advanced planning it's really it's still really simple and it doesn't take much hands-on time the fun part is when you take chickpeas so obviously hummus is a chickpea based recipe and you're going to use, however, don't do what I did the first time. I used canned chickpeas. I, that was totally a moment. I don't know how many edibles I'd eaten at that point. But I used canned chickpeas to soak because you have to soak the chickpeas ahead of time overnight. I used canned chickpeas and then I started sprouting them. And I'm like a couple of days in, I'm like, these kind of have a weird smell. They're not sprouting. I don't know what's going on. And then realized, I'm like, oh my God, I used canned chickpeas. You want to use just the dry chickpeas. You buy in bulk from a local bulk food store or, or at the grocery store or whatever not the canned variety which is why you have to soak them ahead of time because chickpeas always have to be soaked before you use them so yeah it takes a little bit of advanced planning as far as that goes but the advantage is it becomes a really inexpensive recipe to make you'd use dry chickpeas it only calls for a cup which makes quite a bit of this uh of this hummus and if you want to have the recipe you're still going to get quite a bit of hummus out of it because the chickpeas do expand as you soak them and then the next step you're going to take is to sprout the chickpeas over two or three days. And this can be kind of fun to do if you've never sprouted any uh, seeds or, or beans before. I've done, I've done it lots of times in my kitchen, so I already had a sprouting jar. Basically, you, once you soak the chickpeas in some warm water overnight, you drain them, you put them in a jar with some, rinse them off in a jar, and you have something with a screen on it. Or you could you probably use um, cheesecloth over a glass jar, tightly put around the neck with like a rubber band or something like that and turn it upside down and let it drain on a plate and you rinse them a couple times a day and that's it. And then in a, two or three days, you'll start to notice the chickpeas are sprouting, which is kind of cool. If you have young kids in the house, it's sort of a f- fun science experiment. Now, why would you sprout the chickpeas? Well, beans are harder to digest and the sprouting process makes them easier for your body to digest. So it makes it a really healthier way to consume legumes. Something we should probably be doing every time we eat things like certain grains and legumes. You sprout them for two or three days and then you cook them. If you have something like a pressure cooker, the recipe recommended a pressure cooker. I don't have one so I had to cook them on the stove for 45 minutes to soften them up 
before I put them in the food processor or the blender to make the hummus. So again, that's where you have a little more hands-on time, but you can also be doing other things in the kitchen, making dinner or edibles or something like that while you're cooking these chickpeas. Now, if you have an Instapot, you can use that here as the pressure cooker. I think they recommend that. There's other pressure cookers as well in the market. I'm going to recommend the Instapot only because my sister has one and she raves about this thing all the time. It's also a Canadian company. Ooh, ooh. So there's that as well. They're pretty cost effective and very versatile as a kitchen appliance. The only reason I haven't bought one myself is because I have a slow cooker and there's nothing wrong with it. And I can't really justify going out and buying another appliance for my kitchen when I have this slow cooker that works perfectly well. Even though I know the Instapot is a slow cooker, a pressure cooker, a rice cooker, like it does so much more stuff than my slow cooker, but there's only room for so many cookers in a kitchen. That's the only reason I haven't gone out to buy one. But people I know that have them, love them. Once you've cooked the chickpeas, you add in the other ingredients, which are really minimal. We're talking fresh garlic, some lemon juice, sea salt, tahini, and olive oil, and a little bit of water. And here, the olive oil is where you're going to use, go to your infusions cupboard, and you're going to pull out that infused olive oil that you happen to have on hand, and you're going to swap that in to make a nice infused hummus recipe. So of course you could, if you're finding this sounds like way too much work for you, you could use any hummus recipe really and do the same thing as long as you're swapping in an infused oil in this case. But I really like this recipe for the reasons that the soaking makes it easier for your body to digest, making it healthier. The sprouting process is kind of fun. Again, if you have little kids or heck, you know what, as an adult, I find it kind of fun to sprout this, sprout beans and seeds. So it's a fun science experiment for us adults as well. It's a really healthy recipe. It's got minimal ingredients and makes it a lot healthier than most of the hummuses you're going to find on the market, which are made usually with things like canola oil or like cheap vegetable oils that at the end of the day cause inflammation in your body and aren't that healthy for you. When you're making it at home, again, you're taking control of your high life. So you're using a high quality infused olive oil or maybe an avocado oil too, or, or what do you have on hand? And that's going to be better for you. And you know, we're all about the healthy recipes this month. Give it a try. If you give it a shot and you like it, let me know. I'll be linking to the website this originally appears in, on, in the body of the podcast episode. So you'll see it there. It will be on my website when it launches finally near the end of the month. Uh, and I will be certainly letting you guys know when that happens. And I'll also be linking to some of the things like if you want to pick up an Instapot, if you need sprouting jars or anything like that, I do have an affiliate account with Amazon. If you want to purchase through me and my banner, I totally appreciate it. Just want to let you know up front that's these links do give me a small kickback and really helps the show because I want to keep doing what I'm doing and I love you guys and every little bit helps. Give it a shot. Let me know. Let me know if you love the taste of this hummus as much as I do. It's a simple one, but it's delicious. Often simple is better. Am I right? So that's it for this week. I hope you're all having a good, you know, start to your January. If you feel so compelled, consider leaving a five-star review for me wherever you happen to enjoy this podcast, whether it's Spotify or Apple or the other great platforms out there. I'd really appreciate it. If you know someone who might enjoy this episode or any of the other ones that I've made, once again, 
would really appreciate it. And if you have questions, comments, uh, anything I mentioned in this episode, you want to talk a little further about the email is bitemepodcast at fastmail.com. Or you can always hit me up on any of the socials, uh, Instagram, Facebook, those pl- the typical places at Bite Me Podcast or host at Host Marge. Let me know what your New Year's resolutions are, whether they have anything to do with edibles or not. Happy cooking, you guys. Until next week. <laughs>